0: McGrath, Troy Malcolm, hello gentlemen, how are you?
1: Donald Bradman, eh? We did the double century, we're now on. On to the next 200.
0: Yeah. I don't know about you guys, I don't want a package, I don't want to sign a sign on bonus. I'm I'm prepared to go the distance. I'm prepared. I'm prepared where we rock up at News Corp, we rock up at John's Place, we rock up at your office at Newtown, we rock up anywhere you want. I'm there, guys. I'm there.
1: And now Troy's trying to video us. I don't know if that's going to work. We'll, oh, no, we'll, we'll try it.
2: Trying to get a little bit more advanced here. Yeah, do it Tom, Tom and I
1: always we, we love podcasts because we've got heads, good heads for radio. But Troy, sure, now mate, your, your ratings are going to soar because people <laughs> can actually see what you look like, what we look like. Yeah. Well, you do you saying... reckon this is some plan that he has, Tom? I reckon I... there's plan there. There's always a plan. <laughs>
0: he's a smiling assassin. I think he's one of the most intelligent, <laughs> underestimated people. What he does is he's constantly working it's away. Subtle, how do it? I pick up a few points there and yeah, how do I actually knock these guys down? Troisi, can I ask you, you've been out there auctioning. Yeah. Um, uh, what are you feeling at the moment?
2: Uh so if you asked me this question a month ago, Tom, it'd be a completely different response. But this weekend, I was saying to John just before we started recording, numbers are picking up. There's activity. There's kind of a lot of activity, especially in the, the inner City metropolitan markets, you know, anywhere of from... Well, of Sydney, yeah. There's a lot of activity with buyers. There's a lot of interested onlookers at auction. And I always see that as a sign of positivity because... A lot of those people are community members, owners of other properties in the community that may potentially look at selling in the next couple of weeks. Mm. They're actually gauging interest from what's happening at that auction. So, you, Troy,
1: because we have a time every week, we have a Monday morning around the grounds call, Zoom call, video call with all our sales leaders, Troy's on it and Con and myself and all the leaders and... Um, there was definitely, in the, in the main, not every single one. There's one or two said they haven't felt the pick-up yet, but the majority of people were saying numbers are up. In fact, um, Lisa Halpin on the Gold Coast, she had over 50 people through a Carrara open home on the weekend for a beautiful property she's listed. I mean, that's big numbers anywhere, but the yeah. Gold Coast has been hit harder than many other markets, I guess, over time. So, um, yeah, I think it's... I, I'm agreeing with Troy. It feels like... Coming into spring last year, I felt coming into spring there 's going to be a change, and the kind of the change never arrived um, this year. It does feel like, and I think the weather 's been certainly Sydney in particular has been early spring weather, so maybe people are getting into gear mm. but um, you know, the market 's down ten percent, yeah, I think probably pretty close. most people that are listening to this have seen a ten percent shift in prices um, that 's fine it is what it is. The only people that are going to be be um, penalized from that are people that bought second half of last year and are forced to sell this year. Other than that, someone that bought second half of last year, someone came to me recently and said, oh, John, well, I should have waited and it's cost me 10%. I said, no, no, I said, you're not going to sell for 10 years. You probably will have doubled. Don't yeah. stress out about it. Just relax, enjoy the home and sell <laughs> it in 10 years. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah, good, good, good times ahead. So, so
0: um, John, you're, uh, we're not in the business of actually forecasting what a market's going to do. Um, But I'd love to get your idea, September, October, November, as this podcast is coming out, we're basically entering into spring, Um, you're feeling, uh, what are three things that you think our real estate listeners should actually have top of mind to have a great spring? What are the things that you're thinking of?
1: There's there's no great variation from, I guess, what we talk about all the time. It's, It's, you know, continued prospecting, although... In some, you know, it's the prospecting you did last autumn that's probably either benefiting you or not benefiting you now. So, you know, really, if your prospecting is going to go hard now for January, February because a lot of spring listings are either speaking to people or they're kind of already listed. So I think, you know, you've got to hit your prospecting but recognise there'll be a lag time there. Um, As always, Tom, we just talk about sharpening the saw. There's still a lot of people out there turning up at listings Troy with a six out of ten listing presentation maybe at best mm-hmm. maybe a five four three so you've got to pull up stumps and say I am going to sit here and improve my listing presentation what process I don't know get a peer partner get a sales manager hire a coach go to real estate gym there's there's a hundred and all of the above is also a good answer mm. but you know you've got to go out there with a great Listing presentation, because if you can't list the majority of the properties, if you're not listing 66 to 75% of the properties that you go for, you're not going to cut it going forward in this game. So I think it's just all about listing. Prospecting's important, but I also find, Tom, that if you've got enough listings and you're servicing them beautifully, that actually becomes a big part of your prospecting plan. Okay. So it's listing and buyer servicing. Okay,
0: guys, question that came in from a gym member... Um, He showed me a photo of uh, a couple of agents sitting in front of the signboard saying, ours is sold, the one next door isn't. Showing another agent's property. And the question then further came up is, what do you do when other agents um, try and put you down, slag you off? Could be marketing, could be in a letterbox drop. Sometimes it's at a listing presentation. Sometimes you're actually targeted at a listing presentation. And before I responded uh, to that person, I thought, you know, I'll ask both of you today. um, What's the first thing that comes to mind when you've got uh, agents that are actually putting another agent down in the marketplace?
1: So first things come to mind, one is you're very lucky to have an agent that's got a scarcity mentality like the other one. Uh, I love it when people do that because that says to me they're not on their game. They're trying to throw mud at me, so it's a positive sign. I think Troy. Um, two is don't don't respond to it. You, you should have a game plan, and your game plan can be reviewed and tightened and polished as regularly as you like. But you should have a game plan you're confident in. What what competitors do is irrelevant. They cut their fees. They do free marketing. None of that. If you if you're a great agent, the best agent Troy in the market. What other people say, because as we've said before on podcast, Tom, success polarises. The more success you become, the more people go to both ends. They cheer you and they say, God, you've inspired me and and, and I love what you're doing. Or they go the other end, they start throwing mud and they start trying to chop you down and say negative things. So I think that for our listeners, we need to be just focused on our game. Um, I would never respond negatively to that. I just uh, think it's go to right Yeah, here. no, I
2: was going to say, you, you've got to be able to control the controllables in this scenario. You can't control what someone will say
1: about you. and But don't you think it's a good thing if you've got someone out there th- trying yeah. to slag you off? Because the, the other thing, Tom, is the market, don't don't underestimate the intelligence of the market. Yeah. I'm a vendor. I get something that's negative and trying to sort of bag another agent. Eight, nine out of ten people don't respond positively to that. Mm. They think it's like, what's this agent doing? They respond positively to humble content that's like quality value add do you agree Troy? I
2: was just smiling because on the weekend my my mum um, comes out occasionally she hasn't been out on the road with me on a Saturday for auctions but she does really love watching the auction environment decided to come with me in the car on the weekend awesome and was at a few auctions and there was one bidder that was so concerned about the other bidder that was they were bidding against when we got back in the car they ended up missing out on the property the person that was so concerned about the other bidder when we got back in the car, mum, and she always comes up with the best one-liners for me, she was like, why don't they just worry about their own backyard? Mm. Yeah. And I just thought, how easy is that? Such a simple approach. And yeah. mum knows real estate, understands real estate, obviously from my career and, and knowing John uh, for a very long period of time, but just such an innocent way of going, they shouldn't be worried about anyone else. If they want the property, they should continue That's to cool. bid. And I think the same applies to absolutely every part yeah. of this process, what we've been we're worrying about, like, talking about.
0: I, I, I think, so from what I'm hearing is... You're both saying that it appears the average consumer might actually be turned off when they're seeing a competitor in the marketplace have a strategy of putting someone down. 100% right.
1: Yeah. And that's the same when you're in the lounge room, Tom. When you're at a listing, because a lot of agents do that, they say, oh, I heard you're talking to XYZ, and oh, they've just started in the industry, or they've passed in their last three properties. I think that you find almost every vendor reacts very negatively to that. So when you walk in, don't be defensive, just say, look, you know, people are going to say what they say, here's my plan, you know, here's my credentials, and that's what people really want to hear.
2: Yeah. And the other thing is, Tom, that we do it socially anyway. If you've got a friend that's on Facebook or Instagram constantly bagging out other people or political views or anything like that, you normally unfollow them. Yeah. The same rule applies for potential clients. Yeah. They're going to unfollow someone, they're going to get frustrated, they're going to get annoyed, and they're going to look at that person and be like, why are you so negative all the time?
1: Yeah, And the, and the, and the counter-advice to all our listeners is never bag anyone else. And I'm yeah. sure most of the people that are listening to us, they're kind of in our mindset of, of abundance, not scarcity. But just, you know, you, when tempted, just don't bag any other agents. Mm. You just say, hey, you know, look, they'll speak for themselves. Here's my plan. Yep. Here's what I think. Here's what I can add. Here's where I can bring value to the equation.
2: The other side of it, Tom, is also outpacing the competition, So by meaning, what I mean by that is how do you up the ante? What else could you do in the market that shows you are the number one choice that becomes what people say are relevant? Uh, I think that's always an interesting way of looking at it. So Mm -hmm. if you're not consistent out there, is there room for them to judge you? So if you outpace the marketing, you outpace the communication, you outpace the community involvement of all your competitors, you do become the natural Mm -hmm. choice. Can, Can I ask...
0: Uh, both of you work with very um, um, successful um, agents. In fact, I think it would be difficult to argue that the top ten writers at McGrath uh, wouldn't um, totally outpace the top ten of any other collective groups, whether you call them cooperatives, um, and it's pretty much to do with the fact that...
1: Uh, High-performance culture.
0: High-performance high culture. And um, can I just ask... Um, Can you be a top, from what you see, can you be a top, top operator in the marketplace and uh, be liked by others in your marketplace? Or do you have to accept that once you're top dog, there's a saying I think I read on uh, uh, Pinterest, everyone wants to see you good till you're better than them. (laughs) What, what, What... Everyone wants you to be successful until you are. Look, I think it's a great point. I I
1: would take the view that, and Troy used the great phrase before, you've got to control the controllables. You can only work on your character. And I remember the late Wayne Dyer, Tom, that you and I and Troy admire very much. Um, He talked about, and he was speaking to an audience of 5,000, and he said, to each and every one of you, I have a different reputation. I can't necessarily change that. I can only work on my character and be the best me that I can be. Um, if I t- went around to everyone of you and tried to convince you I was a good guy, and convince you I'm a good guy, and convince you said I'd go crazy. So I think that reality is there will be success polarizers as you get better at what you do. If you are a person of great character, humble, positive, generous, and all the character traits that we continually tell our our listeners are important, you are going to ha- be very successful and have the majority of people applaud you along the way. Mm. If you are a person of, of less high character and still somehow find your way towards what people would, would deem success, you're, gonna, you're actually going to polarise a lot more to the other end. Having said that, there's always going to be some people, no matter how good a character you are, that will throw mud. And I think you've got to accept it. If you can't accept it, it's hard to be in the success game. Um, oh, sorry. My, uh, I was covering up my, my microphone. Um, if you can't accept it, it's hard to be in the success game. That is one of the things I think you've got to be more resilient. Um, You've got to kind of um, not expose yourself to all that. I mean, if I'm not on social media, as you guys really know personally, I mean, I'm I'm all for it at a business level, but I would, I would be very hesitant to read. I mean, Tom, you have so many thousands of followers. It would concern me personally reading that because I'm not sure how I'd react if... You know, I'm sure your people are saying good things, but there will be people that have social media followers that say bad things. Mm. Um, and uh, uh,
0: John, so I do get... I've gone through phases and I'm absolutely certain that the best way to approach is to never engage with someone that gets negative. And that happens... Uh, it happens regularly. And it's very easy. I call them, you know, keyboard warriors because mm-hmm. it's very easy to actually type away something and not actually have to confront someone um, in in person. And um, uh, I've done a little bit of research on on how to manage people that um, say negative things to you on social media. Sometimes they're founded, but a lot of times they're not. The last thing you do is get engaged in the conversation because for many people, they want that. That's their their goal is to try and get your attention.
1: Yeah. And there's cyberbullying, which can be you know quite uh, dismantling to people. I, you said an interesting thing there, though, Tom. I would only listen to a point of saying, "Is there any truth in it that I can improve from?" So if, let's go back to the original statement that you've got competition fl- slagging you off in the marketplace, if they are saying something that actually is worthy of you yeah. improving yourself, we'll do it. If, if they're saying, "Oh, well, Troy's passed in six of his last seven auctions." Well, you need to actually work on that, right? Yeah. You need to. If they say Troy's been in the game three months, you don't need to work on that because you can't change it. You can only be brilliant, and which, which um, is where your focus goes. But I think to the point of that if someone has an opinion, I would, I would be across it just to say, is it something that's useful to me? But if it's really just a char- an attempt to character assassinate, just move on yeah. and just be great and just have a great character and accept in life there will be some people that, no matter what you do and who you are, they're going to throw mud and just move forward. What's the golden rule when you're presenting? A third of the room will absolutely love what you say,
2: a third will be indifferent, they'll kind of listen to your message, and a third will hate you regardless because yeah. it's a preconceived idea that they have before it you. It could ever be two thirds for Tom that Two thirds, maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. get, See
2: that, get Tommy? You <laughs>
0: reading the feedback sheets <laughs> after a while. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I never read those ratings. It hasn't I changed from episode
2: good. 10 to episode 201. <laughs>
0: Well, listen very uh, good it's been uh, good to catch up uh, uh wayne uh it's a dyer or Dwyer? dyer dyer, dyer. D-Y. he did say once that uh, never put uh the your happiness in the pockets of other people and i think sometimes mm. you do see that in real estate sometimes you see this really good young girl or guy it might be a bit of a mooring line on the one hand they want to get out there and they want to penetrate their marketplace and work hard and do great stuff on the other hand there's a group of people that they get on with in the office. They're like, they're my buddies. They're the ones that like me. And they've got this sort of pressure on the one hand, like go out there and do their thing. On the other hand, they want to be, you know, liked and respected. But Tommy, the right network group or business group around you will applaud you. It's
1: a bit like, you know, when I was kind of very young, like a lot of you guys, I'm sure, I made at some point a decision I wanted to do something meaningful with my life. You know, develop my why. I got some clarity around what I wanted to do. You know, there was part of my early stage of development where I was hanging out with some people that maybe weren't the most inspiring and weren't kind of clear about where they wanted to go. And when when you make that decision, there'll be some people that follow you and applaud you and support you. There'll be a lot of others, even in a social setting, coming back to your thing, Tom, where people say, oh, what are you? what are you prospecting for? Let's go down to the pub. Let's do this. Let's do that. And you might have to just you know cut yourself off and say look that's what I'm doing next two hours I'm going to be doing that. Um, So that's that's a good job. That's also a good
0: point because we talk about having a good reference group, picking the right people, not hanging around with dickheads. What you're saying is if the group is good, they're going to be more cheerleader than energy sucker. Hundred percent. But there's
1: always going to be a cross-section in every group. Mm. So to think in your office that 10 out of 10 are going to applaud your success and record-breaking and discipline and all that sort of stuff is probably you're going to disappoint yourself. Um, But, you know, human character, everyone's humans are flawed and there'll be some people that they're going through a bad time and they see you doing well and they're just going to have an unfortunate reaction that rather than being inspired by you, they're going to wish you weren't doing so well because you make them feel worse. Yeah. So, again, I don't even judge the judges, the, the, the people that are judging me. I just look at it and say, look, everyone's got their own issues, everyone's going through their own challenges. All you can do is be a good person, of good character, and move forward and then just see those that come with you and those that throw mud, just avoid the mud and keep going.
0: <laughs> yeah. All righty. <laughs> Guys, Good to see you. Good Next see week, you. we're going to do a question that keeps coming up and that is, um, you've had a property listed. It's been with you two to three months. It hasn't sold. You've done reasonable woodwork. How do you actually re-sign the listing and get the owners to stay with you? So we'll talk about that next week. Look forward to it. Perfect. See, you then. see you see you.